0: Welcome to Blaze and Access, amplifying the disability voice one story at a time. I'm your host, Blaze Bryant. Joining me on the first season of episode two is a very dear friend of mine, Julia Duff, from the Spina Bifida Association of Northeastern New York. She is their executive director.
1: Thank you, Blaze. Great to be here.
0: A lot happening at the Spina Bifida Association. Let's take it one by one here, the walk and roll is probably the most immediate thing, right?
1: Exactly. So in nine days, next Saturday, we are having our 12th annual walk and roll for Spina Bifida. What I'm most excited about is we haven't been able to have this event in person since 2019. So it's been three years. And this is really our one event each year that celebrates the Spina Bifida community we invite people from across the state to get together and connect with each other. And that's really where the celebration comes in because people can network, they're empowered by each other. There's vendors who share information and resources that make people's lives with Spider bifida just a little bit easier.
0: And that is Saturday, May 14th. That's at Central Park in Schenectady.
1: Yeah, so actually, um, something new we incorporated this year as well is we have some hotspot locations, which are other areas of New York State, where we see a large number of individuals and families living with spina bifida. So like you mentioned, while we have been the Spina Bifida Association of Northeastern New York, uh, we have officially received approval to become the Spina Bifida Association of New York State. And as part of that, we want to expand our connections to consumers statewide. So on Saturday, May 14th, we have events in Poughkeepsie, at the Walkway Over the Hudson, Long Island at Eisenhower Park, and Schenectady, uh, Central Park in Schenectady. And they're all taking place at 10 a.m.
0: Everything's happening at 10 a.m. in those three spots. Wow.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's super exciting.
0: Because I remember being there for the last in-person one in 2019 at Central Park in Schenectady, and it was awesome. It was the first time I'd ever been there. It was a beautiful day for it. It was just a great day all around.
1: Yeah, no, thanks. We love having you guys there. It's still going to be our biggest event in Schenectady because that is where we started. But just, again, working on... How can we make that feeling of being at the walk and roll, of being surrounded by people who get spina bifida, who are allies of the community, and getting them together to really celebrate all that's been achieved in the disability community in regards to access and inclusion and having other agencies there to support that that message is really important and plays into the success of the day.
0: One of the things that you and the team do really well is that perfect balance of celebrating, yet still acknowledging progress has to be made?
1: Yeah, there's so much progress that does need to be made. And that's what's nice about our organization is we have the flexibility to really recognize what the most pressing needs are. And we have no constraints on addressing them. There's no eligibility uh, for our services in regards to income, insurance, um, etc. And so we can help people navigate housing, employment, and transportation, insurance, all the areas where we see people with disabilities being excluded from, the stigma causing them to be discriminated in those areas, and just how as an ableist society, it's been ingrained in these systems that were developed by people without disabilities, how these are now negatively impacting the people we serve, and what changes need to be made so that we as an organization can say, hey, you can call this agency and they're going to help you, not add more hoops to their day or, you know, barriers to break down, just trying to make it a little bit easier.
0: Yes, because that's what we certainly aim to do. So back to the walk and roll for a second. We're not out of COVID, as you know, right. numbers are kind of going back up again. Is there a virtual component for people who are not feeling super comfortable being out there and interacting with people face to face?
1: Yes, this event is free and open to the public, which does pose a risk for a mass gathering. And so anyone can participate virtually. And what we do is encourage people to make it again an awareness sort of event for themselves where they can get outside, walk and, or roll, however they choose to get around that day. Um, Wear teal for spina bifida and just try and raise some awareness. Uh, Most people don't know what spina bifida is. So raising awareness at this event is also a key component for its success, whether you're at the venue or in your neighborhood.
0: Absolutely. And, spina bifida is not one of those, okay, spina bifida is spina bifida. There are several (laughs) different forms of it, right?
1: Yeah. So spina bifida is, it's something that the more you honestly delve into, the more confusing it gets. It's really unique. It's the most common permanently disabling birth defect compatible with life. And what that means is, people with spina bifida, it's not a death sentence. They can live and they can even thrive in their communities. Um, we see it all the time here. Um, that doesn't mean there aren't challenges and serious medical conditions associated with spina bifida that can result in loss of life. But sort of back to the question, um, there's multiple types. There's a hidden form that is occulta, which People might have minimal symptoms, but the most common form is myelomeningocele when there's an opening on the spine and nerves are exposed and a fetus or a newborn is born with damage to the spinal cord.
0: Mm. Wow. Okay. I just learned (laughs) a bunch about spina bifida that I didn't know, not that I would ever claim to be an expert in it. (laughs) Certainly eye-opening, I guess, is the best way that I can put it. Yeah. uh, Go ahead. I'm sorry.
1: No, you're good. Yeah. I was just going to say every person is impacted uniquely because it depends where the opening on the spine is, what the size of the opening on the spine is, what their in utero experience is like. So it's called a snowflake condition because no two people are impacted exactly alike. And I know you've had interactions with people with spina bifida and not only are their personalities unique, but you probably know that the impact of the condition is unique to that person as well.
0: For sure, I admittedly was kind of amazed that some people with spina bifida are in wheelchairs or wheelchair users and some people are not.
1: So I recently went to the Abilities Expo and there was a lot of folks there who did have spina bifida and you know, you kind of see people, someone will be using a wheelchair and then they'll get up and they'll start walking because at an expo like that, a wheelchair will help them with long distances, but they can walk. It surprises people to see that they can both walk and use a wheelchair. And we see people who walk completely unassisted and people who have really high level paralysis and are in power chairs to to get around in the most effective and safe way for them. It's really interesting because the physical impact on mobility is very, there's a broad range, but they also now do in utero surgery to close the opening on the spine before the baby's born. And that can improve mobility from what they know now. There's still not a lot of long-term research on that because there's less damage to the spinal cord. Wow.
0: Interesting. (laughs) Interesting. So that's you know kind of where we where we stand in terms of spina bifida and the walk and roll. Now, if someone's not able to make it for whatever reason in terms of the walk and roll, how can they contribute to the cause?
1: So it is a fundraiser as well, and we have some paid sponsorships that companies and businesses um, have contributed to, but it's also a peer-to-peer fundraiser. So right now we have a Long Island team who is kicking everyone's butts with their fundraising. And so I'm trying to get my friends and family to donate to my team so that I can win um, one of the contests and prizes or someone someone else can in the community, you know. So um, people can donate through our website to sponsor someone who's going to be walking or rolling or help a team reach some of their uh, fundraising goals. And all proceeds benefit our programs and services, uh, which are statewide now.
0: Do you like what you hear? Please consider making a donation to the Blazin' Access podcast on my website, which is blazinshows.com. That's B L A I S I N shows.com. Every single cent goes toward equipment and software to make my podcast more accessible to all. Thank you so much for your support. If you're not able to donate, sharing is caring. This is Blaze and Access. I'm Blaze Bryant, speaking with Julia Duff, the executive director of the Spina Bifida Association of Northeastern New York. Let's talk about the statewide and kind of the growth that is unavoidably coming your way, (laughs) which is certainly all good stuff.
1: I love the way you put that. It's unavoidably coming our way. I I keep like laughing to myself because I'm in this weird place of like, oh my God, these are all the dreams I had for the Spina Bifida Association. But also like, am I crazy? Because this is insane. (laughs) Um, So just this year um, or in the past few years, we've been the sole affiliate chapter in our state for a very long time. We've been around almost 30 years. And there were other spina bifida chapters at one point that have dissolved. And so when you think about the thousands of individuals impacted by spina bifida um, in our state and one staff person, one agency who's solely dedicated to them, it it was daunting. And it was really outpacing what we could do as a capital region-based agency. We knew as an organization we needed to grow and expand, but we needed the foundation to do so. And so we recently we were included in the New York state budget. And that funding is for staff to do individual and family services. Because yeah, that's where the need is. Um, We need someone who can focus on responding to referrals, to distributing education, to raising awareness about spina bifida and its actuality and not what you read online or assume about disability. And to host programs that connect people, raise awareness, education, and make a difference for all people with disabilities. So we knew that was really necessary. And once we got in the state budget, we immediately hired our social work intern at the time and she had worked part-time. She just recently moved on to a new position as she's graduating with her degree, um, more aligned with her uh, social work goals. But just next Wednesday, we are onboarding two case managers. One is an adult with spina bifida who lives in New York City. And another is a parent of a teen who lives in Schenectady, New York, um, or who will be working in Schenectady, New York, but lives in the capital region um, because of that state funding. And so once we were able to do that, we said, the next thing we need to do is get our name changed. And so we requested approval from our National Spina Bifida Association, and they said, absolutely. So we are changing to become the Spina Bifida Association of New York State. We are hiring the staff to make sure we can adequately respond to requests for services from um, our current consumers, but also with the expectation that with our name change, more people will be calling and requesting services because they won't see our location as a barrier anymore, as we don't. We do also know that New York City just has a generally higher population. So having a staff person in that area was, um, we were lucky to have someone apply uh, especially as a consumer who has the personal and professional expertise to be available and make sure that we are equipped to respond to those needs. And And we've tried it carefully. This has been a three-year project that's really coming to fruition this summer um, when we move offices and and have a little more space to host more interns, more staff, and provide more services.
0: Absolutely. Julia Duff joining me here on the show. Now, in terms of services for people with Spina Bifida from your lens. How real is the issue of the demand not meeting the supply in that? The demand for services is significantly outpacing the people who are able to provide them.
1: We're growing now. We've we've come up with some creative ways. I think that all nonprofits do. So we started out with social work interns. We had one. The next year we had one intern and one staff. And then this year we have two interns and two staff because the needs don't go away. Um, And again, there's no one else to address it. So we might get a call from a mom whose teenage son is starting to need to disclose information about his disability, and they're not sure how those conversations can go. And so we need to have a base of consumers that we can say, hey, who can connect with this family? Who has experience with this? What peer support can you provide? So that's that's an example of a referral. And we get multiple referrals a day. In addition to our ongoing consumers who we provide longer term supports to, if it's them needing to find housing, that's not gonna be a one-time, uh, one-stop shop kind of call. That's gonna be identifying their income sources, their insurance, where they're willing to locate what their job status is, what in-home services they might need that we need to provide access to. And so we do some longer term support and that's where our staff became really important because the one-time calls can be easy if it's a five, 10 minute conversation and a quick Mm follow-up. But when you're trying to navigate housing and employment and aid services and you know, if you utilize STAR and your transportation can be twice as long as if you drove or if you use public transportation, your time's not always your own. (laughs) And it's not realistic to be able to get all of these things done without support. It would take, you know, and that's why we keep growing our staff because even still with our growth, it's not possible to navigate all these systems at once, especially when these systems are set up um, or they don't, because of many reasons, aren't equipped to adequately help you. If you wanna move out, but they don't know that you need in-home care services, they might set you up with a housing list, but you're gonna move in and struggle. We consider all aspects of what you need to achieve your goals, and we have no restrictions on how we'll help you make sure you can achieve those.
0: And you're perfect literally perfect to be initiating this growth, Julia, because you were an intern, a social work intern, who interned at an independent living center. That's how you and I know each other. So you've been able to literally see all of this stuff through and build yourself and the org kind of from the ground up.
1: Yeah, it's, I mean, I wouldn't be here if I didn't intern at the independent living center, people like you and the employees there who helped me understand disability. I don't have a disability. I have family members um, with physical disabilities, but I don't have the personal experience. And everyone there was like, you know, I think it's scary for people to feel ignorant and feel like because I don't live with it, I can't understand it. And that was never my experience where you guys helped me understand one it's okay to not know everything it's okay to ask questions it's okay to make mistakes but most importantly you need to listen to who you're serving and that's where my voice comes from is i really try and be invested in what our consumers are asking for and just recognizing that being born different shouldn't mean you get punished you know it shouldn't mean that you have to have to have added barriers to your daily living. I am really developed that passion for making a society more equitable by starting at the Independent Living Center and being surrounded by such wonderful people. It, it was my foundation to and launchpad to where I am now.
0: So how can people find out more info about what's going on and what will be going on with the spina bifida association as well as supporting the various things that are happening
1: oh great great question um so our website right now is still our old name because as i mentioned we're going through that big transition and we like to refer to ourselves as like an italian dish spanini so (laughs) www.spanini.org and that is s-b-a-n-e-n-y.org There you'll find information about our programs, services, events, um, spina bifida, and how to get in contact um, for any possible collaborations or partnerships you may be interested in. We are incredibly open-minded, and we love connecting with people.
0: Julia Duff, Executive Director of the Spina Bifida Association of Northeastern New York, soon to be New York State. You are the best. Thank you so much for joining me.
1: Oh no, you are the best, Blaze Bryant. Thank you.
0: We will learn more about Spina Bifida in October during Spina Bifida Awareness Month. Thank you so much for listening to the first episode of Season 2 of Blaze and Access Podcast. I'm your host and producer, Blaze Bryant. What did you think? I'd be grateful if you gave us a shout out on your social media and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Until next week, I'm Blaze Bryant.